with understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Right. And I want you to notice as you read the Bible that there is no period. We hadn't come to a period yet. So this is one sentence. Yeah. This is a thought. That it's all linked together in a thought. Uh, walk circumspectly, not as a fool. Redeem the time. Don't be unwise. Understand the will of the Lord. Don't be drunk with wine. All of that is in one sentence. And we ain't through yet. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right and here's what I want you to look at tonight. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Lord, I thank you for this good church. I thank you for this night. The good grace of God has brought us to this place. Now, Lord, I pray that you take your word. I pray you speak to your people. Do whatever it is that's on your heart to do in this service tonight. Come now and get your glory. Come and get the reward of your suffering. I pray somebody would respond to the call and the wooing of the Spirit of God. Some for salvation and some to surrender. Yes. So do your work now. We'll be careful to glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, Monday night I talked to you for a little while about the great sin in the church. Right. And this grieving the Holy Ghost. And last night I tried to talk to you about the great failure uh, in the average Christian's life. And that is... Not living a spirit-filled life. Right. And tonight, if the Lord has helped me, I want to talk to you for a little while about fake Christianity. Mm. Well. Amen. I read to you tonight in verse 18 the will of God. Yes, man. For your life is to be filled with the Spirit of God. It is not God's will that we get drunk. And the world uses alcohol uh, for all the same reasons we have the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, Alcohol is a fake, a phony fix uh, for the things that people use it for. It's it's a it brings a a false joy. Come on, friend. It doesn't last very long. Liquor does not make you happy for very long. Matter of fact. Liquor will bring more sorrow into your yeah. life than you could ever imagine. Right. Amen. I, I would appreciate a good amen right there. Amen. Liquor does not help anybody. Uh, liquor has a lot of defenders, but it has no defense. Right. Uh, liquor's put more people in the electric chair, more people in the hangers noose than anything else that's ever been on this planet. Right. It is not where you go to get your help. Yes. Yes. If you're having a problem, going to the liquor bottle will not help you with your problem. Yes. You can't go there to find help. You can't go there to find peace. Yes. People tell me they try to drink their sorrow away. It, it, it brings more sorrow than it ever gets away. That's so, right. And whatever people go to the liquor bottle for, we have the Holy Spirit to go to. Yes. Yes. 
Well, somebody ought to help me right there. We, right, I'm yeah. glad we have a source yeah. that brings us great joy yeah. and great peace. Yeah. Jesus said, if anybody was thirsty, let him come and drink. Yeah. Out of his belly shall flow rivers right. of water, which spake he of the Spirit. Yes. Aren't you glad for the Spirit of God that yes. lives yes. on the inside of your heart? Oh, yeah. That's a lot bigger deal than that, y'all. God has put himself into your heart. Did you know when Jesus got ready to go uh, back to the Father, he looked at his disciples and said, I've got to leave y'all. It is expedient for you that I go away. It's right. for your benefit that I go away. Right. I'm doing you a favor by leaving you. Right. They couldn't figure that out. But he said, I'm going to go back to the Father and I'm going to pray the Father and he will send you another comforter. That's right. That word another means one of the same kind. He said when he, when he sends that other comfort, he will be just like me. Yeah. Right. And God sent to you the Holy Spirit to make the Lord Jesus just as real as if he was standing right beside you. Right. Wouldn't that be a good way to live your life? Yes, sir. Walking every step you take right beside the Lord Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when every every problem came up, there's Jesus standing right next to you. Right. Every time you have a heartache, there's Jesus right next to you. Every time there's something you can't figure out, there's Jesus right next to you. Well, did you know the Holy Spirit came to do the same thing? Yep. Did you know you need the Holy Spirit in you more than you need Jesus right beside you? Come on now. That's why he sent him back. Yeah. To be beside us, to be in us, to be on us. So that when we have a need, there he is. When we're weak, he is strong. When we need help, he's our helper. When we're discouraged, he's our hope. When there's a bad situation, he's the way through. Your life as a Christian is built around the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Right. You cannot live a Christian life a, apart from the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A lot of folks are frustrated because they're trying to be a Christian. Right. Yeah. And they're working hard to try to get everything figured out and worked out so that they can somehow please the Lord. Did you know God is pleased with His Son. The only person God's ever been pleased with is His Son. And He has accepted us in the Beloved. He didn't accept me because I got good enough. He accepted me because Jesus came down into this world to be made a, a man like me, to take upon Himself all of my weaknesses and my infirmities so that I could be like Him. He came to be in me so I could go and be in Him. That's a wonderful truth for y'all to think about. It's Christ in you that's the hope of glory. Not Christ around you. You can't follow Jesus to heaven. That's not how you get to heaven. We are followers of the Lord, but that's for obedience. That's not for salvation. Right. I know I've given this illustration here before probably five times, but it's, it's the best one i got. And it's, it's going to fit right now. If you if you heard it before, you're going to have it rehearsed to you again. 
I read about a, or heard about an old boy that got saved and he wanted the preacher to explain to him the Christian life. And he said, good, I'd like to do that. Just got saved, you need to understand what the Christian life's all about. He said, meet me at the lake in the morning at daylight and I'll tell you what the Christian life's all about. Morning. Next morning at daylight, preacher's there with his boat, all of his fishing tackle. He said, get in the boat, we're going to learn what the Christian life's all about. They got in the boat and started fishing. About 9 o'clock in the morning, the, the convert looked at the preacher and said, Preacher, I'm, I'm sure I've enjoyed fishing with you, but I didn't come to fish. I want you to tell me about the Christian life. He said, well, we ain't got there yet. <laughs> but fished on a little bit longer, about 11 o'clock. He said, now look here, Preacher, I've enjoyed the day, but I have come here to learn about the Christian life. He said, we ain't got there yet. What are you talking about? He said, just trust me, we ain't got there yet. Wrong, Fish a little, little longer. He said, all right, now tell me about this Christian life. He said, all right. Look out in the middle of the lake and tell me what you see. Looked out there and in the distance, it looked like there was a man pumping water. He said, well, you ain't, you ain't got the Christian life. You ain't figured it out yet. He said, what are you talking about? I said, you don't know nothing about the Christian life. That's fish on. The fish on got a little closer to the middle of the lake. And the preacher said, all right, now tell me what you see again. Old fellow looked and he said, I see a man pumping water. He said, you don't know nothing about the Christian life. You ain't nowhere near getting it. Come on now. <laughs> they got a little closer and what they were looking at was a figurine. How many you know what that is? Yep. Yeah. Made out of cast iron or some kind of metal. And turns out there was an artesian well in the middle of that lake. Let me know what an artesian well is. Yep. The water just bubbles up. Nobody drove down to get it. It just comes up. Right in the middle of the lake is an artesian well. And somebody capped that artesian well with that figurine. And it's not a man pumping water. It's water pumping a man. That is the Christian life. It's not you doing all of that. It's the Holy Spirit doing it through you. It's not your mind. It's his mind that he puts in, in, in the action in your life to give you wisdom that you don't have. It's his strength that comes in you that gives you strength that you do not have. It's him working through you. Does that make sense? Now last night we started out in verse 1 of chapter 5 about the dear child. Come on now, I remember the dear child last night. Yeah. We're to follow God as dear children. Yeah. Not an obnoxious child. Right. Not one of them child not one of them children you'll strangle. Yeah. One of them kids you love to be around who is obedient. Who's I don't know how y'all do up here, but where I come from, if you don't say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, it's disrespectful. Yeah. They're just a good kid. They're, they're kids you want to be around. Lydia was sitting by her daddy a while ago and I, I was just joking. I said, how about that girl right there? Is she all right? And he said, yeah. I said, you ready? We let her say, yeah. That's what she called a dear child. Yeah. If she'd been a rascal, he looked at me twice and I don't know. But she's a pretty good girl. Isaac, I reckon, a pretty good old boy. Yeah. Seemed like he is. His daddy was bragging on both of them. Yeah. Dear children. I, I know the rest of them in here are dear too. These, I'm just, these are the closest. All right? Don't get mad at me. 
Follow the Lord as dear children. And walk in love. Christ has offered himself as a sweet smelling sacrifice for us. Then he goes on and talks about all the things that are not supposed to be in a Christian's life. Don't let fornication and uncleanness be once named among the saints. He's talking about uh, all of the jesting and all the foolishness and the dirty talk and the dirty minds that uh, some people seem to have. That's not supposed to be in a Christian's life. And he goes on to talk about uh, being uh, uh, asleep and, and being in the dark and how we're children of light. Now we're to walk in the light and then how we're to uh, be, be children of the light. We're not supposed to live like we're in the dark, stumbling around, falling over everything. That seems to be the lifestyle of the average church member. They're falling over everything, stumbling over things that they shouldn't stumble over. Get mad about things they shouldn't even get mad about. Uh, bring contention when there's no need for contention. Have fusses and fights over things that don't really matter. Amen. Tell it now. Yeah. So that's not the way it's supposed to be. But we are to be careful and we're to be uh, uh, circumspect. That word is where we get our word acrobat from. Be careful how you walk. Right. Redeem the time. Amen. Because the days are evil. Don't spend your day in all of those crazy mixed up things that he just said shouldn't be in your life. Right. Redeem the time. You only got today. Right. You don't have the promise of another hour. Right. Right. You don't know if you'll be here tomorrow or not. All you've got is today and don't waste today on stupid things. Right. Don't waste today arguing with your husband or your wife yeah. over something that don't really matter. Right. Okay, I think I bogged down here somewhere. Don't waste today. Don't waste this service. Don't sit in a church service forever how long we're here and let it slip by without you not redeeming this time. You may not ever have another church service. This may be the last time you ever hear a preacher say, open your Bible. This may be the last message you ever hear. It may be all over for you before in the morning. Don't waste right now. Hey, God, stop by this place tonight to talk to you. He may not come back to talk to you again like he's going to talk to you tonight. Here's your crossroads. Here is the night where God showed up to do amazing things in your life. Here's the night he showed up to fix a problem in your life. Here's the night he showed up to fix your family. Here's the night he's going to answer a prayer. You don't know what God's up to in this service. This is not just a little rinky-dink place on the side of the road. This is the church of the living God. This is the bride of Christ. And I stop by tonight to offer his bride jewels and treasures. And privileges and promises. He stopped by to give his bride a kiss. Redeem the time. Don't waste tonight. Don't waste right now. Now, if everything we have 
revolves around the ministry of the Holy Spirit and us being filled with the Spirit. All the things that we're doing in the energy of the flesh is fake. Well, it's not a real work. Come on. Is that the truth? Yes. Come on now. What that means is there's a lot of effort that goes forth that's phony and fake. Right. And you don't really have what you say that you got. You know why these pews are empty? Well, I'm going to tell you one reason why. You have a community out there that's sick and tired of seeing fake Christianity. I would love to have the service tonight to be one of those blowouts where everybody shouts and runs around the house and we're here till 3 o'clock in the morning and that would be great but the older I get there's something I notice in church whatever you get while you're in here won't last till the first stop sign well I'm going to say something I hope don't go out wrong. I hope you'll understand what I'm saying. But we have conditioned people that through one verse of a song, you can come down here and fix every problem you've got in your life. Oh, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Tell it, preacher. Man. Come on. If you really need the Lord, it may take more than one or two That's verses right. of a song. That's right. To get it right. And you go outside the door, and whatever you got down here, it evaporates before you ever get home. It's gone. Because it just excited the outward man, and it never got in the inward. Did you know you don't believe any more of the Bible than you practice? Come on now. Say it again. Yes, sir. I will say that again. Hey, man. You don't believe any more of the Bible right. than you practice. That's good, preacher. And your Christianity is not measured by how high you jump or how loud you shout. Yeah, man. All right. Your Christianity is measured by how much you have submitted to. Amen. Your submission is the key to your walk with the Lord. Amen. Yes, sir. It's not goosebumps. No, no sir. It's not high. And by the way, I ain't against goosebumps. No, sir. I had one or two of them over there a while ago when they were singing. <laughs> the goodness of God. I felt good all over. Yes, sir. I felt good all over more than anywhere else. Yep. And uh, thank you, Jesus, for the blood of fire. That man, that makes me want to jump up and charge hell with a squirt gun. Yes, sir. Thank God for goosebumps. Thank God for something you can feel. Right. Thank the Lord for a salvation that you can feel. That's right. You can't be saved without emotions. But you can't live your Christian life on emotions alone. And until you have submitted to truth, you don't believe that truth. You have to surrender to the truth. Yes, sir. 
Now I read to you last night, I read to you tonight that God's will for your life is for you to be filled with the Spirit. And until you surrender to that and submit to that, you really don't believe that. You see, we have a bad problem thinking that because we've heard it, we got it. Well, we've heard enough truth that our lives should be infinitely better than they are. Amen. But we've heard truth that we have not submitted to. Yes. Right. We've heard stuff that sounds good for everybody else to do, but we ain't going to do it. Come on, preacher. He said back in verse 1 of chapter 5 that we are to follow the Lord and walk in love as Christ loved us. I don't know very many people have ever surrendered to do that. They haven't surrendered to love their brother and sister the way Christ showed us and taught us and commanded us to do. You know, one thing would revolutionize your Christian life and your church. If you would surrender your life right now to be submitted one to another and to love one another. Right. Yeah. The way Christ showed you to love one another. Yes, sir. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I think it is. Paul ends, I think, chapter 1. One with a, with a statement that I'm not, uh, I didn't come to have dominion over your faith, but to be a helper of your joy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Man. One of the reasons church bogs down is people don't come to be a helper. Right. They come to be a load and yeah. a burden for everybody else to have to carry. Yeah. If you walked in the building tonight and your purpose was. I am surrendered and submitted to the Lord. I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want to be a blessing. I want Jesus to shine through me. I want somebody to see Him in me. I want Him to be glorified in how I come to church tonight. I want to respond to whatever He's saying or doing the way I should. They're going to be singing glory to His name. Right. And somehow or another, I want to give glory to His name. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. I'd yeah. rather be an old-time Christian than anything yeah. I know. You ain't singing in the choir, but you can help the choir. Yeah. The choir singing to help you. Yeah. It don't take that much to be a helper of somebody's joy and submit yourself to what God has told you about what you should be. You're waiting on everybody else to get right before you ever get right. You need to get the thing started. You need to start right now where you're sitting and say, okay, God, show me right now what i got to submit to. Show me who's in here that I need to get right with. Show me who's in here I have something in my heart against. Show me who I'm supposed to love the way you love them. Show me how I'm supposed to do it now and get busy right now and do it. Don't wait till I get through preaching. Get up right now. It won't bother me a bit in the world. Just do what he said. Do. And do it now. You may not have the end of the service. Do it now. Yes. Fake Christianity is when all you have is what you got in here. It don't follow you to the house. Yeah. 
If your Christianity is not real at your house, on, it ain't real here. If you're here and you're married, there's one person who needs to be convinced you're a Christian. That's, right. That's your spouse. Yes. If your husband or wife is not sure that you're saved, ain't none of the rest of us sure either. That's right. If your youngins don't know you're a Christian, I don't know if you're one either. You can fool everybody in this whole world. But you ain't gonna fool your young ones. No, sure. right. Amen. They know. That's right. They know. Right. They know. Well, I guess I better give you about three points at that. Let me just say again, if it's not done through the Holy Spirit, it's fake. Amen. It's something you're doing. Amen. And it'll let you down. I see. A contrast. Verse 3 of chapter 5. But fornication, all uncleanness, and covetousness, let it not be what's named among you, become the saints, neither filthiness, that's obscenities. The foolish talking, that's a fool with words. They're jesting, that's dirty jokes and vulgar talk, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Let me just stop right there. Here's the scenario. If you're supposed to be filled with the Spirit and you're not, there's a bunch of things that will creep back into your life that shouldn't be there. Amen. The thing that guards your purity and your holiness is the fullness of the Spirit of God in your life. That's right. And if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with something. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you're filled with an unholy spirit. And those things that you have been delivered from somehow the other seep back into your life. Is anybody getting any of this? How many of y'all know people that you believe are saved as the Apostle Paul? But somehow there they got crossways. Somehow or another they got messed up and things begin yep. to come back up yep. in, into their life that shouldn't be in their yeah. life. Yes. And before you know it, they're all messed up. Yep. And uh, they're out of church. They're out of fellowship with the Lord. Out of fellowship with their family. Their life's messed up. They go back out there and mess up their testimony in, the, in front of the whole world. You know why that happens? They were empty. Yep. Spiritually. Yeah. And you're not going to stay empty long. No. Amen. Something's going to seep back in Amen. to your heart that's out there. You remember Amen. Jesus told a story about a man that had an unclean spirit? Yeah. And that unclean spirit was cast out of the man's house. He used a house as an illustration. He said that spirit left, and the man cleaned up his house. He swept it and he garnished it, and it was empty. And that unclean spirit went out there and found seven more spirits worse than he, brought them back, brought them right back into the same house he got kicked out of. Man. Yep. And Jesus said the end of that, the last state of that man was worse than the beginning. I don't guess y'all picked up on that, did you? That's right. 
Did you know it's possible for a saved man to get out of fellowship with the Lord and get things back in his life that will make his life as a saved man worse than it was when he was a lost man? That's right. One of the best song leaders I ever had <clears throat> was the town drunk before he got saved. And uh, <clears throat> he was he was a bad drunk and he got saved. And the pastor at the time, it wasn't me, another pastor, sort of used him as his show dog to go all over the country and say, here's the drunk of the town drunk that got saved. And he was bragging on that old boy. And he, he, I think he messed him up. His head got kind of big and he got to thinking he was more than he really was. And when I went, he was a song leader. And he, he was faithful and he was doing good. But after a while, uh, I noticed he began to slack off a little bit and he, he began to miss church and he, he wasn't doing right. And I really believe the old boy was saved. Come on now. And uh, finally I went to see him one night and and I said, look here now. You know the Lord ain't going to put up with what you're doing. He said, preacher, you're right. He said, God ought to kill me. I know I ain't right. So God ought to just kill me. I, I, I ain't worth nothing. He ought to just kill me. I said, look here, listen to me. Did you know the Lord may not kill you? The Lord may leave you alone and let you go the way you're going. And you're liable to get to the place where you want to die and you can't die. Yep, man. He looked at me kind of face and said, no, I think God's going to kill me. I said, no, I don't think he's going to kill you. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. Your life is going to get so messed up, you'll wish you could die. Amen. Well, I left there and went to the church I'm at now. And about, I guess it was 10 years later. Christmas Eve, this old boy's, my old song leader's mama called me just to cry. Said, can you go down to the mental health place down there? Said, he's in there. Said, he's tried to kill himself. His wife left him and she got her a boyfriend and he chased her boyfriend all over the county with a shotgun trying to kill him. They arrested him. He's in the mental health place. He's trying to kill himself. Christmas Eve, I went in there and here's an old boy that I've known all my life. His face is all swollen. His eyes are almost swollen. Shut. he's cried till he can't cry no more. And I've never seen a more pitiful man in my life who wants to die and can't die. And his life is full of regrets. And his life is full of shame. He's lost everything Amen. that he had. He has nothing to live for. And he's as saved as the Apostle Paul. Right. But he let stuff creep back into his life that should not be in his life. Did you know the Lord Jesus didn't have a bit of trouble in the world kicking that stuff out of your life? The Holy Ghost does not have one bit of trouble cleaning those things out of your life. Right. But once they get back in and they take some root in your heart, it's going to take a good measure of the power and grace of God to get them back out again. There's a contrast being filled with the Spirit you have that love and that joy and that peace and that meekness and that kindness and that long-suffering and all those things that are the fruit of... It's not fruits. Right. You don't just get one today and another one tomorrow. When you get that bundle, it's a whole deal wrapped right. up into one. Amen. Amen. 
That's what you have. Yes, sir. And you can swap that for the opposite. Amen. God can give you a wonderful testimony where you can talk to people about the love of God and how good God is and how good He's been to you. And you can get up in the choir and sing about the goodness of God or you can let the foolishness and the jesting and the vulgarities and the stuff you have been cleansed from get back in your mouth. And now when people hear you talk, they're not hearing you talk about the goodness of God. There's a contrast there. Yes, sir. And there's a commitment there. Right. Submit yourselves to one another. Did you know this thing about being a Christian is not you being the only one in this body? Right. You are a member. You are a part of the body. You're not the body. Right. I don't know if it, if it, if it ever it gets up here, but down home they have a saying. Uh, a lot of churches put it on their, their billboards outside. The statement is, you are the church. Well, I know what they're trying to say, but that ain't right. I am not the church. And you ain't either. I am a part of the church. But I am not the church. I guess y'all don't believe that. That is not my body. Remember. Yeah. That's my finger. Remember. That is a part of my body that I don't want to lose. That's right. I'm going to need that one day. That was funny. I'm going to need that one day. I don't want to lose that. That's a part of me. That's a vital part of me. It's grown to me. It's blood and flesh and bone. It's mine. I don't want to lose it. You are a part. You're not the whole body. And when you are in here, if you mess up, you're not just messing you up, you're messing everybody else up. That's right. The other day I was at the yard working in a, I was on open my gate and somehow there was a splinter on that gate and I stuck it all the way in this finger there. Man, that thing hurts. Yeah. Have you ever had your heart beat in your fingernail? Yeah. <laughs> that thing hurt. And I couldn't sleep at night. I had to take extra strength tiling all this to go to bed because my fingernail had a stick under it. Thing was throbbing me. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Yeah. When you mess up, you're not just messing you up. Right. If you mess up, you ain't just messing you up. No, sir. There's somebody right here that's going to hurt right. because you messed up. Right. There's one, two, three that's going to be hurt because you messed up. They may get out and they may not get back in. You may get back in, but you may lose them in the process. You don't just backslide by yourself. You don't get out without hurting somebody else. And one of the things we do as a Christian is we have to commit ourselves and submit ourselves to one another. I owe you a good walk with the Lord. 
You deserve for me to not make your journey to heaven worse. Yes, that is right. God help us. I owe it to you because we're all brothers and sisters, not to put a stumbling block in front of you. I don't need to say anything or do anything that would make you trip or fall. Did you know one of the most serious statements in the Bible is Mark chapter 9 where Jesus warns those people about folks who make little ones that believe on him stumble in a fear. It's better to have your hand cut off. If there's something you got in your hand you can't turn loose of that will make one of these little ones stumble one day, it's better for you to cut your hand off to get rid of it than to keep carrying it around and make one of these little fellows miss heaven and go to hell. Yeah. That's another reason why y'all not to drink liquor. Yeah. You may be able to handle it and not mess you up, but what if your boy sees you drink and you give him the license to start getting drunk? You're liable to send him straight to hell. He's liable to become an alcoholic the first alcoholics become alcoholics the first drink they take. And you put something in his life that he can't handle. If it's in your refrigerator, I guarantee you he's going to think it's all right and he's going to take beer a lot farther than beer. He's going to wind up with some dope in his arm because you said it's all right to do stuff like that. Amen. We're supposed to submit ourselves to one another. Not to, not to hurt. I'm not supposed to hurt you. I'm supposed to help you. Amen. I'm supposed to encourage you. Yeah. Did you know uh, I took a shower for church tonight? Don't y'all right. know that? Did you know I washed everything I could get a hold of? Right. Man. I didn't just say, okay, I washed under one arm. Right. I got both of them. Right. Yeah. Because I'm I'm trying my best to take care of the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. I want to be clean. I want my toenails to be clean. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. There's a commitment that we're gonna make. Right. Our last thing is a consideration that we need to make. I'm not gonna take time because it's time for y'all to go to read the whole thing, but that lengthy passage about the husbands and the wife that everybody loves the preacher to preach on. Mm-hmm. About the husband loving his wife as Christ right. loved the church. Right. And um, how the wife is supposed to be submissive to her husband. Right. Everybody loves the preacher to preach on that, don't they? Well, I can if you want me to. <laughs> but did you know what he's talking about is not you and your wife. Right. What he's talking about is Christ in the church. That's exactly right. Yeah. He says a great mystery. Yes, sir. Yes. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the best way Paul could find to illustrate Christ's love for us is when a man and a woman love each other the way they're supposed to in our right. Yeah. That's the illustration that he's trying to use yeah, to point to Christ to show us how that Jesus is one that really did all of that. Yeah. There's never been a man that loved his wife the way Christ loved the church. And there's never been a woman that has submitted herself to her husband the way the church is supposed to submit to, the, to, to Christ. That's our goal. That's our aim. That's our example. 
But he goes on to say that for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. Right. For this cause. Yes. Man. Yes. Here's my consideration. Did you know Christ loved his church so much that he said to the Father, I can't stay here any longer. I'm going to have to leave you and go down there and get my bride. I can't stand the thought of not having her. Well, now, I don't know if you ever say amen in church amen. or not. Right there is a good place to That's start right. if you've never done it. I don't know if I said that right. Maybe I'm, Let me back up and try it again. Jesus loved you so much, he said, I can't live without you. I'll go down there and I'll buy her. I'll make all the arrangements to bring my bride back with me one day for this cause. That's why you got married. You couldn't stand to be without her. Yeah, you said that's the way it works in Kentucky. Yes, sir. You can't stand to be without her. If you can, don't get married. If there's any other way to be happy, do it. Don't don't bring somebody into your misery. But you love them so much you can't live without them. Jesus loved you so much he couldn't live without you. And he surrendered and he submitted himself to the will of the Father. For your sake. To show you an example of what you're supposed to do to him for each other. Yes, sir. The big consideration in all this stuff is how much Jesus loves you. Right. Yeah. That's supposed to be working through you, everybody else that Jesus loves. I was thinking a while ago when y'all were singing the goodness of God. Mm -hmm. How many people hate that song? I don't know why they do, but they do. It occurred to me while y'all were singing that song that vultures and birds that eat carrion never have a song. Yes, sir. Yeah. That is exactly right. They never have a song. Nope. You ain't never heard a buzzard sing. Nope. All he eats is dead stuff. Yep. There's a bunch of folks that don't have anything to eat but the carcass of somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yes. That is right. And they don't have a song. Yeah. Yes, sir. They don't have a song. The reason a lot of folks are crabby and cantankerous and aggravating and mean as a two-headed rattlesnake, they ain't got a song. Come on, please. Yeah. Because they don't know yeah. how much Jesus really loves them. Yeah. If they did, it can't just stay here. It'll come out. Yeah. It'll work. Fake Christianity is when you're doing it yourself, for yourself, by yourself, in yourself, of yourself, and you've left him totally out of it. Yeah. Real Christianity is the Spirit of God working through you yeah. to make you love Jesus and love everything that Jesus loves. Yes. Yeah. But Josh. Yes, sir. I have delivered my soul. I've done the best I can do tonight. And I pray that the Lord will take it and use it every how he wants to. Spirit.